Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Today in business from Wired. The efforts to make text based AI less racist and terrible. Language models like GPT 3 can write poetry. But they often amplify negative stereotypes. Researchers are trying different approaches to address the problem. By Kari Johnson. In July 2020, OpenAI launched GPT 3, an artificial intelligence language model that quickly stoked excitement about computers writing poetry, news articles, and programming code just as quickly. It was shown to sometimes be foul mouthed and toxic. OpenAI said it was working on fixes, but the company recently discovered GPT 3 was being used to generate child porn. Now, OpenAI researchers say they found a way to curtail GPT 3's toxic text by feeding the program roughly 100 encyclopedia like samples of writing by human professionals on topics like history and technology, but also abuse, violence, and injustice. OpenAI's project shows how the tech industry is scrambling to constrain the dark side of a technology that's shown enormous potential, but also can spread disinformation and perpetuate biases. There's a lot riding on the outcome. Big tech companies are moving rapidly to offer services based on these large language models, which can interpret or generate text. Google calls them central to the future of search. And Microsoft is using GPT 3 for programming. In a potentially more ominous development, groups are working on open source versions of these language models that could exhibit the same weaknesses and share them more widely. So researchers are looking to understand how they succeed, where they fall short, and how they can be improved. Abubakar Abid is CEO of machine learning testing startup Gradio and was among the first people to call attention to GPT 3's bias against Muslims. 
During a workshop in December 2020, Abed examined the way GPT-3 generates text about religions using the prompt to blank walk into a... Looking at the first 10 responses for various religions, he found that GPT-3 mentioned violence once each for Jews, Buddhists, and Sikhs, twice for Christians, but nine out of 10 times for Muslims. In a paper earlier this year, Abed and several co-authors showed that injecting positive text about Muslims to a large language model reduced the number of violence mentions about Muslims by nearly 40 percentage points. Other researchers are trying different approaches. Emily Dynan, a research engineer at Facebook AI Research, is testing ways to eliminate toxic text by making more of it. Dynan hires Amazon Mechanical Turk contractors to say awful things in conversations with language models to provoke them to generate hate speech, profanity, and insults. Humans then label that output as safe or unsafe. Those labels help train AI to identify toxic speech. GPT-3 has shown impressive ability to understand and compose language. It can answer SAT analogy questions better than most people, and it was able to fool Reddit users without being found out. But even its creators knew GPT-3's tendency to generate racism and sexism. Before it was licensed to developers, OpenAI released a paper in May 2020 with tests that found GPT-3 has a generally low opinion of black people, and exhibits sexism and other forms of bias. Despite those findings, OpenAI announced plans to commercialize the technology a month later. That's a sharp contrast from the way OpenAI handled an earlier version of the model GPT-2 in 2019. Then, it initially released only small versions of the model. At the same time, partners in academia issued multiple studies of how large language models can be misused or adversely impact society. In the recent paper highlighting ways to reduce the toxicity of GPT-3, OpenAI disclosed tests showing the base version of GPT-3 refers to some people as animals and associates white people with terms like supremacy and superiority. Such language perpetuates long-held stereotypes and dehumanizes non-white people. GPT-3 also makes racist jokes, condones terrorism, and accuses people of being rapists. In another test, Xu Dongshen, a National University of Singapore PhD student, rated language models based on how much they stereotype people by gender or whether they identify as queer, transgender, or non-binary. He found that larger AI programs tended to engage in more stereotyping. Shen says the makers of large language models should correct these flaws. OpenAI researchers also found that language models tend to grow more toxic as they get bigger. They say they don't understand why that is. Text generated by large language models is coming ever closer to language that looks or sounds like it came from a human, yet it still fails to understand things requiring reasoning that almost all people understand. In other words, as some researchers put it, this AI is a fantastic bullshitter capable of convincing both AI researchers and other people that the machine understands the words it generates. UC Berkeley psychology professor Alison Gopnik studies how toddlers and young people learn to apply that understanding to computing. 
Children, she says, are the best learners, and the way kids learn language stems largely from their knowledge of and interaction with the world around them. Conversely, large language models have no connection to the world, making their output less grounded in reality. The definition of bullshitting is you talk a lot, and it kind of sounds plausible, but there's no common sense behind it, Gopnik says. Yejin Choi, an associate professor at the University of Washington and leader of a group studying common sense at the Allen Institute for AI, has put GPT-3 through dozens of tests and experiments to document how it can make mistakes. Sometimes it repeats itself. Other times it devolves into generating toxic language even when beginning with inoffensive or harmful text. To teach AI more about the world, Choi and a team of researchers created Piglet, AI trained in a simulated environment to understand things about physical experience that people learn growing up, such as it's a bad idea to touch a hot stove. That training led a relatively small language model to outperform others on common sense reasoning tasks. Those results, she said, demonstrate that scale is not the only winning recipe and that researchers should consider other ways to train models. Her goal? Can we actually build a machine learning algorithm that can learn abstract knowledge about how the world works? Choi is also working on ways to reduce the toxicity of language models. Earlier this month, she and colleagues introduced an algorithm that learns from offensive text, similar to the approach taken by Facebook AI research. They say it reduces toxicity better than several existing techniques. Large language models can be toxic, because of humans, she says, that's the language that's out there. Perversely, some researchers have found that attempts to fine-tune and remove bias from models can end up hurting marginalized people. In a paper published in April, researchers from UC Berkeley and the University of Washington found that black people, Muslims, and people who identify as LGBT are particularly disadvantaged. The authors say the problem stems in part from the humans who label data misjudging whether language is toxic or not. That leads to bias against people who use language differently than white people. Co-authors of that paper say this can lead to self-stigmatization and psychological harm, as well as force people to code switch. OpenAI researchers did not address this issue in their recent paper. Jesse Dodge, a research scientist at the Allen Institute for AI, reached a similar conclusion. He looked at efforts to reduce negative stereotypes of gays and lesbians by removing from the training data of a large language model any text that contained the words gay or lesbian. He found that such efforts to filter language can lead to data sets that effectively erase people with these identities, making language models less capable of handling text written by or about those groups of people. Dodge says the best way to deal with bias and inequality is to improve the data used to train language models instead of trying to remove bias after the fact. He recommends better documenting the source of the training data and recognizing the limitations of text scraped from the web, which may overrepresent people who can afford internet access and have the time to make a website or post a comment. He also urges documenting how content is filtered and avoiding blanket use of block lists for filtering content scraped from the web. 
Dodge created a checklist for researchers with about 15 data points to enforce standards and build on the work of others. Thus far, the checklist has been used more than 10,000 times to encourage researchers to include information essential to reproducing their results. Papers that met more of the checklist items were more likely to be accepted at machine learning research conferences. Dodge says most large language models lack some items on the checklist, such as a link to source code or details about the data used to train an AI model. One in three papers published did not share a link to code to verify results. But Dodge also sees more systemic issues at work. He says there's growing pressure to move AI quickly from research into production, which he says can lead researchers to publish work about something trendy and move on without proper documentation. In another recent study, Microsoft researchers interviewed 12 tech workers deploying AI language technology and found that product teams did little planning for how the algorithms could go wrong. Early prototyping for features such as writing aids that predict text or search completion tended to focus on scenarios in which the AI component worked perfectly. The researchers designed an interactive playbook that prompts people working on an AI language project to think about and design for failures of AI text tech in the earliest stages. It's being tested inside Microsoft with a view to making it a standard tool for product teams. Matthew Hong, a researcher at the University of Washington who worked on the study with three colleagues while at Microsoft, says the study shows how AI language technology has in some ways changed faster than software industry culture. Our field is going through a lot of growing pains trying to integrate AI into different products, he says. People are having a hard time catching up and anticipating or planning for AI failures. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more business news at wired.com slash business. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.